Hello and welcome to Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. We're here today with AJ from Night Jars. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. I feel like spring is in the air. Hope is in the air. I got my first vaccine shot oh, last week, which was wild. Thank <laughs> you. It was very exciting. I just had sort of thought that it would take me longer, but, <laughs> but I got one. It's <laughs> a nice surprise. Yeah, I'm I am. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not eligible for five more days, I think. Um, very soon, I guess. End of the week soon yeah i know things just started sort of moving quickly mm-hmm. in, in chicago and in illinois um, my my arm hurt a lot <laughs> and i was very tired like maybe 24 hours after but then it was fine yeah so. that's good it's very good small price to pay yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you've brought some bad songs to share with us i today. sure did yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited to listen to them uh, when did you first start songwriting um probably like I guess like officially when I was like 14 or 15 um Mm -hmm. I had been playing uh piano for probably like 10 years before that um so when I was a kid I would like compose little piano songs but they didn't have any words and I never really finished them so I'm not gonna count those but um yeah so I don't know quite a while now I guess when and when you started writing some of those like first full songs, lyrics, whatever. Were you just writing them for you? Were you recording them? Did you start playing them out? Um, I mean, I was definitely first and foremost writing for me because it was sort of my, like... um... (laughs) I live on a busy street. (laughs) Um, It's it's ambient. It's ambient. uh, It's atmosphere. Sonic atmosphere. Um, Yes. Yeah, I was definitely writing them primarily for myself because it was kind of my, like, um, teenage vent strategy of choice um Mm -hmm. and so unfortunately I didn't actually even try recording any songs until I was probably I'd been writing for like maybe like a year and a half so there's actually some really bad songs that I wish I had recordings of (laughs) but um but yeah uh and then I I started to like I started to play them at like local like um open mics and like events at my school um when I was like probably like 15 or 16 it, uh, it, it, I don't know. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and my songs were bad. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did you just play alone? Did you end up collaborating with other people, playing with other people? Oh yeah. Um, so, so Night Jars is a, is a solo act. Um, and I actually never, um, I never played like in a band with anybody until I was in college. Um, and so, yeah, so mm-hmm. most of my, um, music experience has been as a solo artist, but yeah. Well, you know, let's get into it. Okay. You brought a couple of tracks here. What's the, what's the first one that you want to listen to? Um, I think that we should listen to Moon on the Lake first. Yeah, I wrote this when I was like, okay, when, when you listen to this song, you may think like, is this about someone like dying? Like, it sounds like something really dramatic happened. And the thing that happened was just that I went to a mildly disappointing hangout with someone who I had formerly had a crush on. And then I wrote the song <laughs> that sounds like the end of the world happened. So yeah. <laughs> Why do 
Yeah, it's always so weird to listen back to your own singing. I was listening, um, like last week I was listening to a couple of my um, songs that I had recorded maybe in like 2013 or something like mm-hmm. that. And I was like, man, my voice just sounds so young. I mean, I was younger. So weird. Yeah. Um, I sound like a Victorian child. It's so odd. I'm like, is this the same person as me? Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, this is also interesting because it was recorded at at a an interesting time in my vocal development where I was transitioning from sounding British for no reason to doing really bad indie voice for no reason. So this is like the the missing link vocally. That's great. I'm so glad that you went from one of those to, to another one. Yes. Like, let's, let's move on from the British thing. It's time to mix it up and do a different kind of terrible technique. <laughs> Um, do you, I actually wanted to ask, do you get a lot of, like, guests who are by birth American but had a phase where they sounded British for no reason? Because I'm curious about this phenomenon. You know, I don't, I'm trying to think now, I don't think anybody's ever brought that up. I don't know if that means that nobody, none of the other guests have done it, but, yeah. but it, I, I definitely know that thing. Like, yeah. That thing. And I wonder where that came from. <laughs> I have always wondered why. Um, I don't know. Maybe it makes vowels easier or something. But regardless, I should not have done it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it's the thing, too, of, like, an accent making somebody more mysterious. Yeah. Like oh, that. so That's a way yeah. to like give yourself, like, a persona. Like, where's this person really from? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I recently have been realizing that like a lot of people who enjoy my current music are from England, and I'm like, I don't know why this is. Um, and so I'm like, maybe it's my it's my dark history of impersonating a British person is catching up to me. Who knows? Do you know how you recorded this song? Do you I that? do. I recorded this on the voice memos app of an iPod Touch, not even an iPhone. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't. I think I tried to set up some kind of recording situation before this, and it just didn't work very well because I didn't have an external microphone and I didn't know where to get one, and I was like very bewildered by technology. So, <laughs> thank you to my old iPod Touch. Did she do? Um, do you have like do you have a, a lot of recordings from this time? Were you recording a lot of stuff? Yeah, I have did. You like have a, a lot of material to dig through. Yes, <laughs> I actually really did, but a lot of it I didn't want to bring because I had a lot of like song drafts um, or like mm-hmm. you know sort of like. I like would start recording a song. Like honestly, something that happened to me quite a bit as a teenager was I would start recording a song. I would realize that it was too challenging for me to play to like get everything right in one take, which you have to right. do if you're recording on the voice memos of an iPod Touch. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and really like, oh, it's too, Yeah, like it's too hard. I'll just I'll practice it more. And also, I wasn't. I didn't release anything like 
Like, I, I didn't, like, actually put out any recordings until, like, right before I graduated from high school. So there was, like, a good couple years where I was basically just recording for the purposes of, like, remembering how to play my songs. And then mm-hmm. I was I would just play them at, at various shows that I went to. So, yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of drafts. And I was sort of like, mm, I feel like I should bring more of a finished song. Yeah, I don't know. And that song actually... And unfortunately, the one we're going to listen to next uh, are still on my band camp because at a certain point I adopted this like philosophical stance of like, I'm not going to take anything down on band camp. Mm-hmm. I actually like when artists that I admire have their old terrible stuff on band camp because I get a kick out of it as a listener and it, it gives me hope as a musician, which is also totally. probably why I like this show so much. <laughs> so so yeah, it, the, the, the record is still public, <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. Well, let's listen to this next one then. Okay. I think this one is worse, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, which is a real shame because it, it was written a couple years after the first one. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. you know what? Like, song badness is not linear. Sometimes you I can know. Write a very bad <laughs> song when you feel like maybe you shouldn't be writing bad songs anymore, but they just always happen. Yeah. I I like to believe that we're all still capable of writing terrible songs, no matter how far we are on our artistic journey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can hear me struggling with the guitar, really, from, like, the first second, which should have been my sign to not do this. Oh, what is happening? (laughs) I'm having a much stronger reaction to this than the other one. I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah, so I recorded this in a in a lounge at my in my freshman year college dorm. Um and I remember at this point, because I was I was now recording on an iPhone, but I was still recording it on the voice memo, so it was, still had to be a one-take thing. Um, and I remember by this take, I was getting really frustrated with it, because I was, like, not ready to record it. I had taught yeah. myself how to play it quite recently, and also not edited it really at all, which you can hear. <laughs> yeah. Um. Ooh, when I listened to this, when I was looking for bad songs to send you, I knew this was the one because I started like sweating when I was listening to it. Like so strong is my reaction to this audio. That's, that's when you know it's bad, when you really do have that physical reaction. Yeah. There's just like too many things happening in the song. Like there's too many words, there's too many concepts. There's way too many references. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Trip me up or shake me down, cut your teeth and take it out on This is also post full evolution into indie voice. It's also a genre of indie voice that I feel like there's many different subgenres of indie voice. It's a very specific one. It's it's also disappointing because I really thought that like by this by this time in my life I wasn't doing any weird voices when I sing, but I was wrong. Yeah, that's the thing. It really, d- yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the, I feel like somebody should write a piece about the like subgenres of indie voice. Yes, you're right. There are like there are specific types within that type of voice. Yeah. 
I once read a pretty good article. I think that was just about like what is happening to your mouth when you do indie voice, which is oh, that interesting. So fascinating. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it and send it to you. It's from a few years、Please、ago.、Do. But I, I feel like I read it and I was like, this is fascinating. But I also need like so much more writing on this. Like this phenomenon is really interesting to me, and it's also interesting to me that so many different people seem to fall into it independently, and then、right. at some point be like, oh, I should just sing the way that I talk because that sounds normal. <laughs> and it's like, but why isn't that instinctual? I have no idea. Yeah, it's really strange. <laughs> Red moon rising, baby, Struggling with the instrumental, like part of a song, or oh yeah, like yeah. I mean, I definitely remember, especially after I first like taught myself guitar, like just really struggling through <laughs> playing the guitar. I, I started、yeah. playing song. I've started playing like songs live and recording stuff. Like I feel like probably two or three months after I like. Started playing guitar, yeah, very, way too soon. But you're but, so you know, excited. You're like,、exactly. everyone needs to know about this fun new thing I learned. <laughs> Look, it's the, it's the guitar. Yeah,、um, you know, it's like I would write like my two chord songs on there.、Um, <laughs> But it really, yeah, it really like took away from the overall quality of like everything else because like I wasn't able to concentrate on singing. Yeah, I exactly. Like, I hope I can play these two chords. <laughs>、yeah. You know. Yeah, and singing and playing at the same time is like, for some reason, just so much harder than you think it's going to be when you're first learning.、Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, and even now when I'm like rehearsing songs I've just written, the absolute hardest thing is like singing and playing at the same time. Totally, so, you really、yeah. have to get used to it at first, and and I think I had gotten very used to like the rhythms of like singing and playing with piano because like、mm-hmm. that was my first instrument too. And then when I switched to guitar, I was like, oh, this feels like. Totally different. Yeah,、know? yeah, yeah. Especially like standing up playing guitar. Yeah, I know. For some reason, like standing, which doesn't actively do anything, like makes it a billion times harder.、Um, totally. Yeah, I also had this thing when I was first learning where I was I was practicing piano for my lessons, and then I was also learning to play guitar, and I would try to practice one after the other to just like. Get all my、mm-hmm. practicing done, and it was impossible for my brain to switch. It was super weird. It was like I would、yeah. play guitar, and then I would instantly forget how to play piano, and it like <laughs> really freaked me out. And I never figured out why that was happening.、Um, but I think it was just my brain being like, "What's what's going on?" <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a different like brain mode. That's kind of why I always my I don't have a lot of regrets in life, but <laughs> one of my regrets is that I. Didn't learn drums at an early age. I remember、oh, in middle、yeah. school band. I said I wanted to play the drums, and they were like, "Well, we have too many percussion people. So, like, how about you play?"、Oh. The so I played clarinet, clarinet. for like a year.、Oh. I, mean, no. <laughs> I played clarinet for like a year, and then I quit because I was like, "This is not what I wanted to play. I wanted、yeah. to play the drums." But I've heard that piano and drums translate really well to each other. Really? Okay. 
That's because good. they're both yeah. like you're doing different things with your hands and like rhythmic mm-hmm. type of stuff. So, okay. you know, I, I'm 31, but like maybe I'm not too old. Maybe someday, yeah. maybe like in my 40s, I'll like turn into a drummer. That's pretty cool. I have to say, like, that's a power <laughs> move at that point. <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. That sounds like a good life plan. Um, yeah. But that's one of one of my, re- I mean, not that I had that much control over it as like a middle right, schooler. Yeah. That's one of my regrets is that I didn't push harder for that because I feel like that yeah. would be pretty wow. cool. especially to be like a singing drummer oh yeah I think that's the coolest when you go and see a band and the drummer's also singing you're like wow I know like your lungs must be (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that would be especially hard to to synchronize I Um, cannot even imagine yeah yeah I've been thinking lately like wow I'd really like to learn drums I don't know why I'm like fixated on it suddenly but I'm like like I'm like when COVID ends I want to be in a band that has like three to four people because I've only ever been in like a I'm I'm in a I'm in a beloved two-person band with my dear friend Mars but I'm like what if I was in like a three or four person band what if I learned how to play drums I think that I'm just bored and my brain is coming up with like what if what imagine if you did all of these things to like entertain myself but yeah I feel like I feel like drums would be a really steep learning curve for me but maybe that's why I should try to get into it I don't know Totally. I mean, I feel like if you have access to a kit or you had one and you can do it, why not? I think it always is like fun to try out a new instrument, especially one where you're going to be really bad at it. At yeah. First. <laughs> it can just be like really, it can like expand things for you. Creatively. Yeah. I think it's great. <laughs> um, how would you say that your songwriting process has changed over the years, if at all? Hmm. Um, I think... And this is something I only realized, like, literally just now when we were listening to the songs. But, like, I think I've become a lot more patient with my songs and become more comfortable with them existing on the scale of, like, months or even years before they feel done. I think Mm -hmm. that they're formerly, like, I would feel, like, in a big rush because, like, I was like, oh, I have to get this done so I can, like, submit to this contest or so I can play at this event or, like, you know, so that I can... Um, you know, like have my song on this like comp- compilation album I'm releasing or this collab I'm doing with somebody, you know, like it, uh, I, and I think that that caused me to rush through the process a lot because I, I and I think also generally as I have um, grown older, I've become a more patient person <laughs> generally by maybe mm-hmm. a little bit, um, but every bit counts. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's probably the primary thing. Be- and I think that's also because like, I, I now don't tend to write songs as a way to immediately cope with terrible things happening which is probably healthy (laughs) Uh, and you know I'll still write my like my like crappy vent songs but like I don't really have the expectation that I will then workshop them into something that I consider a great song like you know like I think that I they're kind of separate categories in my mind and sometimes you just have to write a terrible like journal song and then you never show it to anybody because it's embarrassing and only relevant to you and that's fine so yeah totally right just like sort of refining okay like what are the songs that are just for me what are the songs that I don't need to release and like what are the ones that actually feel like like the the best things that I yeah definitely yeah (laughs) totally um what are some things you've been listening to lately that you've been enjoying um I have been listening to um a lot of I've been listening to a lot of albums that like came out last year but that I'm like I'm like not like I I've been like very slow to adapt to like brand new music during the COVID quarantine I think because Mm -hmm. like 
just like time scales feel messed up. So I've been listening to a lot of 2020 hits. Um, so um, I actually listened to a lot of um, Rico Nasty's Nightmare Vacation in the last couple weeks. Um, yeah, it's great. It's like it's a pop punk album in a lot of ways, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, I've also been very into um, Give or Taker by On Jim Lee for several months. Um, I've been playing songs by Adrian Lenker, like literally anytime I drive anywhere or like, yeah, like it's just like my, my calm down album of choice right now. Um, oh, and also I have a, uh, I have an, a COVID internet acquaintance, um, who is, uh, Julia MC on Spotify and they released an album called Still Last Year, which I think is great and very underrated. And I think everyone should check it out. So yeah. Awesome. I'll I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. Oh, Bye. Jessica, though we may never meet. Thanks for listening. I've linked to Nightjar's music in the episode description. You can find us on Instagram at Bad Songwriter and on Twitter at Bad underscore Songwriter. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd love it if you could take a minute and write a review. Uh, It really helps us out. If you are a songwriter who wants to be on the show, you can email me at badsongwriterpod at gmail.com. Hope you have a good week. Bye. Season of scale.